Everybody, welcome back to Player to Player, the weekly talk show here at Neary Northerners. We discuss the gaming news that you don't want to miss out on. As always, I am joined by my two lovely co-hosts. First, Danny. Hey guys, welcome back. It's Monday again. And and Wes. <laughs> hey, what's up, Chad? It is a Monday again. It's it's a fantastic Monday because I get to spend it with you again. He did though. He did. He Monday. did. Again, he did. That was, that was a very defeated, defeated side there, Danny. What's That's been what going on? You get Mondays. What's been going on with your Monday? Tell us. Tell my us. Monday? Yeah. My my Monday always starts off with some stress at work. You know, feeling the burn of uh, your mind is turning to mush, and then uh, you get home and time flies. You do some stuff, and then it's uh, time to go to bed for work again tomorrow morning. <laughs> That's my days. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's it's that daily grind. You know, it's that daily grind. But I know that you look forward to Mondays. I know I look forward to Mondays, and I know Wes looks forward to Mondays because every single night we manage to somehow get ourselves in and around or over that one hour mark. And we all know that we could just keep going because conversation's good. There's a lot of news that we always love to talk about, and uh, yeah, I mean, we 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 just chat. It just we just get going. So. uh <laughs> Looking forward to what we've got to cover tonight. Are you guys ready to get going? All ready. Let's do it. All right, so let's dive into this. We're going to be starting off with a little bit of former Nintendo news. Uh, Reggie Phil's Ames quits the GameStop Board of Directors, or he's going to be leaving them at the upcoming conference at the uh, 2021 GameStop's annual meeting. There, He and around eight others from what I'm understanding, are going to be... Sorry, he's one of eight directors uh, that are set to retire, quit uh, at GameStop's upcoming meeting. The people that are going to be remaining on this board of directors are those that have been brought in relatively recently, including the uh, Chewy guy. I can't remember his name at this moment. But uh, he's been brought on to try and lead GameStop's e-commerce side. So... I found this interesting because obviously there was a lot of news back in March when feel, uh, Reggie Phil Ames joined the board of directors. Now, I am very curious as for whether or not a lot of this has to play into the fact that what happened with the GameStop stock and, and everything surrounding there was that a lot of it was led internally to by the the guy who came over from Chewy, the founder of Chewy, the pet website online, um, they came over with him and, and some others in behind the scenes. They were basically were trying to do like a hostile takeover from within, a mutiny of sorts. And they've actually succeeded, basically, if you've been following along the story, they've succeeded. So I'm, I'm wondering if this is part of that kind of shakeup. Obviously, it doesn't really say here. Um, but... Uh, I mean, you know, at, at the bottom of this article, a year-long management tussle at the retailer. Uh, they put a new group of investors in charge of big plans for change. And, uh, yeah, so the latest earning calls said that th that change is brewing a little too slowly, likely to do with the reason for these people being out. So I want to go to you, uh, to you first, Wes. Um, obviously, uh, given, uh, you know, your, your experiences as a, a developer, um, what do you make of this? Do you think that this has to do with the goals of GameStop wanting to move things forward, get themselves caught up with things, or do you think that this is unrelated? Uh, I think there's probably a, a, a few things sort of impacting Reggie's decision here. Uh, I mean, he 
it, like his his sort of history has never been one to sort of jump on board and then jump ship real quick. Um, his time with God, you go back with obviously Nintendo, but he worked with like Pizza Hut and like various other like well known franchises over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, there's there's probably a few things involved in that. I I honestly was surprised when Reggie jumped to them only because it seems it just always has seemed like a sinking ship for a long time um and it, it yeah it, it i it, this the, the, you know the recent stuff probably impacts it the 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 fact that they're still being sold short uh by various uh uh various firms is is probably impacting things as well um but I know he also does a lot of uh, like public speaking engagements where he's going and giving presentation, not so much presentations, but speeches to to uh, like uh, graduating classes and and at various business schools. Uh, so I, I wonder if some of that is just sort of impacting that as well, where he just doesn't feel as though he can be the, the you know on the it, it, or donate a, or dedicate as much of his uh, his time to that. Uh, as would be needed Mm -hmm. i feel that maybe in some ways that he might be considered almost too old school thinking for what the future new plans of gamestop are going to be obviously they're coming out very hard trying to tackle the online space and how how do you do that any more than having an online store and and being a presence there um I'm really interested to see what they're going to be doing online. I think there's a lot of big changes that we're not expecting. Um, I've even, you know, thought about the kind of things that could go. And something that crossed my mind was whether or not they might do their own kind of subscription or they might try and do something along the lines of, well, like a Game Pass um, offer. You know, hey, this is the GameStop, you know, weekly or monthly offer. Or I'm not really sure, but... Obviously, they have some plans, and what they really need to do is go and shake up those people that are in the core, in the leadership positions. They've done that. It's been shooken up. And now, I mean, Reggie was a big guy. Yeah, you, you know, you mentioned he's a big public speaker. He's, he's a big popular face. So for him to be leaving within a year is just very, very alarming to me. And Danny, obviously, is a big Nintendo fan. Reggie has been kind of in and around uh, you for a while. Would you say that Reggie may be an old school thinker? Or do you think that he would be a new school thinker and that this is just kind of a unrelated issue as to where GameStop's looking to go? You know what? I agree a little bit with Wes, and I, I'll explain why I agree with him a little bit. Um, you know, uh, Reggie fils um, you know, left uh, retired from Nintendo last year, or a little bit, I think, 2019, uh, and he retired from Nintendo. And of course, a lot of you know that the president at the time of Nintendo passed away, which is why we got some new people up on board. Doug mm-hmm. Bowser, which uh, is pretty awesome that name, I have to admit. Uh, he jumped on, and he's the president of Nintendo now. Um, you know, we, we've seen a lot of changes since the both of them have left. Um, of course, the president of Nintendo, uh, back before he passed away, he was a very old-school thinker, which is why we had things like Wii Music, and uh, some other really bad uh, decisions Nintendo did. Uh, ever since that, basically, we've we've we got an all new Nintendo. We got a Nintendo that's more um, into the mature games now. We got we got them also jumping harder on the third party support. So we got a lot of third party support now for it. And we have you know um, 
just an all-around better Nintendo. And I think that's the reason why. It's because not only Reggie Fizma is is, uh, is gone, he's doing his own thing now, uh, but th- there's some new blood there. And I think even, you know, Reggie Fizma, I'm going to give the guy props, he was awesome. Uh, I thought he was a really cool guy. You know, he, he definitely had the passion and stuff to to you know to move companies along so uh if he can do something for gamestop which would be really nice uh, because of course they like wes has been saying they've been having troubles for for years now i i honestly i can't remember the the last time that they were on the good side but um hopefully reggie's not too old school uh, but you know it's funny is like i'm talking about reggie fees me but i'm very old school so uh, I don't think I'd be pretty good to uh, to run uh, GameStop right now because I'd be running it my way, uh, which of course, uh, now now in these times we're not things have changed, right? We we've we got such a different different world now, mm-hmm. uh, and of course we've seen that push where you know GameStop is uh, trying to get more into selling collectibles. We got you know Funko Pops, we got um, pretty like high um, quality action figures, some statuettes stuff like that right we're, we're starting to see them getting away from games because a lot of people have game pass a lot mm-hmm. of people have uh, playstation now uh and so many other things uh that where they play their games right it's not like it was years ago mm-hmm. but uh, i have to say like the generation that is growing up nowadays are completely opposite to when we grew up and things will only keep changing from now so is Reggie Fizma up for the job? Who knows? That's that's one thing we're gonna see in the next coming years. I, I really hope so. I, I I'm a big fan of box stores, so for me, mm-hmm. I, I like to. I, I want to see them do good. I think the box stores can still do good. I personally think, and you know, this might just be a you know, out there opinion on it, but I think that the reason that Reggie's out and these other you know seven are going is not just fluke because they want to. I think that a lot of their ideas are probably old and you know, they've, you know, it's, it's in that old belief where, you know, like when I was in business school, they even, you know, like even 2010, 20, you know, 20, uh, 2005, like they were, you know, they were still teaching you that like people cared so much about, you know, a brand or, you know, like they would, and, and they do, it's not that they don't, but, like I find that that attitude has changed dramatically in the last ten to fifteen years, where like brand is no longer everything, and just a lot of the ways again, like you know the fact that we, you know, there are people that took on to digital, but there were also people that fought digital along the way, and you know it's I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm I was perusing last night through a bunch of my games and trying to figure out what the hell to play. And I mean, like it's bad enough already when I had the 80, 90 physical games on my shelf and I couldn't figure out what to play. <laughs> but I go and I look at the 80 or 90 free games that I have on Epic and uh, the Epic store that I've just downloaded for free that I've gotten every week. I go and look at the 100 plus games that are on Xbox Game Pass. And I actually, and eventually, went, wound up going with Star Wars Squadrons because Star Wars Squadrons I've been waiting for, and I know you have too, Wes. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I got on there, and again, it's just like that game was fifty four ninety nine back in October, and if I had bought it then and played it every month until now, 
it probably it would have cost me you know on average around eight and eight or seven dollars but i got it for zero technically with game pass and game pass i've been playing other games with you know it still connects me to other things like you know i, I even thought i was like you know when i'm not using my game pass you know do i do i need it and then i thought to myself i'm like well actually that's how alicia still connects to live is because my account with live and me having that game pass gets the live for all my house accounts as well so it gets alicia her her access to the xbox live and i'm like it's just, just crazy just crazy like what and the cost on that anyways it's uh crazy times room but moving on i want to talk about a little bit more xbox because now they're not going to be requiring you to have xbox live gold to use party chat find anybody in the looking for groups and to play free-to-play multiplayer games and use uh, features uh, on xbox i find that's a pretty cool initiative it was first shown off by brad rosetti he is a xbox preview program developer <coughs> sorry <coughs> and uh he said xbox insiders and office skip ahead and alpha today we are flighting some new features multiplayer and free-to-play games looking for groups and party chat on xbox no longer requires an xbox live gold membership as we flight and test these services these service changes ahead of general availability and obviously i mean that's just very plain and simple what that means but danny i want to take it to you how, how do you think that this will work out in the long run for uh microsoft and, and trying to obviously appease to getting more people involved with the chatting communities they've opened it up the free-to-play games and what my, my kind of interesting thought on this is that if they can make xbox live free for free-to-play games why does it cost money for games that cost money danny mm, that's a good question it's a hard one actually because, like you said, basically, you know, we're, we're seeing the rise of uh, of free to play games, and that's that's had such a huge market. You guys playing, uh, um, you know, Fortnite. You know, Fortnite's huge now. Uh, Apex. Uh, and there, there's so many different ones that are free to play, and you know, they have a massive market, and they're still making money for it. So, it, yeah, the game might be free to play, and you you know, you're enjoying yourself, but like we've talked about loot boxes and all that other stuff that's where they're getting their cash flow from and that's something that is going to constantly keep going and getting cash flow as compared to buying uh, a game and you know just you're paying for that one time hit and you play the game and it's over that's the the one thing those games are getting at you know you got all that extra income coming in that constantly comes in so yeah i to be honest that's that's a very hard question especially Especially for me, for me to answer, I, I don't have a, I don't have a, you know, a definitive answer for that one. It's all I can say. It's it's crazy the times we live in now. Because to me, it'd be as simple as like they're all using the same server. So why would you have to charge one to use the same online servers or the same, you know, uh, service? I mean, you know, Xbox Live is a service. If you're, I don't know, Wes, what are your thoughts on that? I I, I feel that Xbox live gold should be free like th there's no reason like okay they, they can charge because people will pay but like I, I i always felt game pass was their way of being able to continue to charge people a monthly fee for something and, yeah. and move away from the charging for online multiplayer um i mean i i imagine that the reason they still do it is because 
they can. You know, um, <coughs> Sony does it. Nintendo does it. Um, should they not? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I can play for free online on Steam, on PC, uh, you know, right. on, on a lot of services like that. There, There's no reason to charge me because I want to play online on consoles. Uh, other than, you know, yes, there, there, there are services that they're running in the background that is, that they're, that's costing them money. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. But am I getting my money's worth out of these things? Nah, I don't think so. And, you know, it's kind of the lost leader. There has to be something I think said for the live service at this point in time where, you know, yeah, sure. It costs you a little bit to keep it going, but you know, it's also something that draws in people. So, to, you know, at some point in time, yeah, you've made money on it, but I think it has to become a loss leader for the goal uh, for Xbox Live. Now, what I think they could may do is allow for Xbox Live to be free, or as they changed it, Xbox Network. It's no longer, or it's no longer called Xbox Live, I guess. I don't know. I, I understand this, but I guess it's still called Xbox Live, and Xbox Live is a membership for the Xbox Network. I don't know how this is gonna work, but anyways, um, maybe that like base Xbox Live or just like your ability to play live on the Xbox Network will be free. But if you want to access or you want the the Gold Edition, you want the Super Edition of being able to play online every month. Well, for ten dollars a month here's four games you get to keep and you know which you know then it's just kind of like but then why don't you just throw it on the game pass and i don't know it's it's i, I think you just lump it in with game pass right i, I could just like why you know why, why not just why? yeah just you know it, it, or you know do the do the you can you can play online for free mm-hmm. but if you want party chats if you want this if you want you know you want these extra bells and whistles okay either get game pass or like it's five bucks a month or something like that yeah you know do something cheap you can still get your money and because you're running these services that are that you know that cost you money um and and just do it that way and and just let people play online if they want to play online with no mics and don't want to don't want to be interacting with people other than like shooting them in the head then yeah go ahead mm-hmm. well i don't know that's that's a weird one i'm not really sure what we're going to uh to get out of out of xbox anytime soon but there's more news as if microsoft and xbox are not done i got in there two or three things on this list for them and i feel like in the last couple of weeks it has been microsoft 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 Microsoft, Microsoft, Xbox, 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 Microsoft. What's going on next? Um, I cannot get this thing. Why, why won't you? There you go. Uh, there we go. Okay. So there. Um, so yeah, I I found this one interesting. Microsoft could reportedly acquire Discord by next month. As if their $7.6 billion acquisition, or sorry, 7.9 or whatever billion dollar acquisition uh, Bethesda wasn't enough that just finalized the other week adding in almost 20 plus Bethesda titles and EA Play finally coming to PC now they are possibly going to be acquiring Discord they're in exclusive talks to acquire Discord and then the deal could be completed as soon as next month 
how much they're going to be paying for Discord. It could be over $10 billion, which is amazing to think that Discord is worth more than ZeniMax Bethesda was. <laughs> I mean, I downloaded it for free. Right? Like, yeah. I don't know. I, I guess I guess it's user-based. Like, you're talking, like, there could be, like, two, three, four hundred million people that use Discord. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at a list of servers right now on Discord that we're using to host this show, like, Right. Yeah, it that that it it has become the thing, right? Like, when it, was the last time you heard someone say anything about Teamspeak? Or oh, those are so good back yeah. in the day. Yeah, they, they, were, <laughs> you know, they were great. They were great. Oh, I mean, I'm sure they still exist, but I just use Discord for this stuff now. Yeah. I, I and it, I. I feel like Discord did away with forums a little bit too, which I don't like because forums have a persistence to them that I didn't like. But back to the topic. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I I hope that this this is probably true. I, I mean, you don't hear this sort of thing float around and really catch you yeah. know, any kind of treading if if it's not true. Um, but man, that makes me nervous about what discord's about to become the first article was put out by bloomberg and then the wall street journal had another report with people familiar with the matter they said and obviously it backed up the bloomberg report that said that microsoft was in talks to acquire discord and one of the reasons why they're apparently looking to acquire them has to do with the fact that they want to reach more people across both gaming and social networking and i mean man like i'm just I'm just wondering what we're going to be talking about next year when, when we're thinking Microsoft and Xbox and we're talking Game Pass because things that they are doing, it's just, it's almost scary to a point of how crazy things are, going, are getting for Game Pass because, I mean, just a month ago, Wes, you and I were talking about Game Pass and, you know, like we didn't have Bethesda's games on there. We didn't have EA Play on the PC yet. And now we do. And like, I was looking through Dead Space 1, 2, and 3 are on PC to play. Dragon Age 1, 2, and 3. Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3. And I'm sitting here like, God damn, yeah, I've played all these games, but like to play them again on PC and glorious graphics? And on the plus side, there's only two games in each of those series that you really need to play. Right? And, you know, you only need to play the first two. And, you know, and, but, you know just... Uh, no, skip Dragon Age 2. Yeah, yeah, Dragon Age yeah, 2 is the one where you... Dead Space 1 and 2, Mass Effect 1 and 2. Dragon Age Dragon 1 and Age 3. 1 and 3. Yeah, yeah, you can skip 2. But but again, it's just it's just all those games are there. And then, you know, obviously, yeah, when I said I downloaded Squadron. So, like, it's just unfathomable. And now they're going to be acquiring Discord, and Discord could become the new party chat. Like, like that's that's just crazy, Danny. What are your thoughts on Microsoft and their purchasing spree lately? Do you think they're done after this, after Discord? What do you, what do you think they could go after next if they're not done? Well, let's just say that Microsoft has has been very busy lately, and that's why we're always bringing up Microsoft here and and Xbox. Uh, yeah, they they've been crazy nuts buying everything up. Whether or not that that's just uh, you know, their idea of of succeeding in the market now. Of course, like I said. Things are very different. Um, gaming is very different. The marketplace is very different, and they—they're basically trying to evolve in in the. I, I you know what I don't even know if they're if they're considering you know a market 
of uh, of fighting it anymore. Is it is it a war anymore <laughs> between consoles? I guess them and Sony are playing nice nowadays. Uh, but yeah, whatever Microsoft is doing, and if if that's achieving their plan, then more power to them. They got the money to spend. Hopefully, yeah. they don't overspend their money and it backfires. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's that's the way the the conversation's been going for the last couple generations, right? Like as we were getting, uh, you know, higher and higher fidelity graphics, it, it kind of became obvious that well, you know, at a certain point, like the graphics aren't going to matter as much because it's there's going to be enough power there to do whatever you need to do. Um, indie titles have come along to to sort of fill that that gap for you know not requiring hyper realistic graphics. Um, and then it all just, it starts to become about the services, right? What, what services can you get on what platform that you can't get on the other that you, that you, you know, you feel you need or that, that, you know, they can sort of position as something that you need. Yeah. Speaking of indie games and actually, I, I, I don't think we could have even coordinated that better in a scripted way, Wes, but, uh, there's going to be over 20 uh, indie games showing up on Xbox Game Pass on day one because Microsoft and Twitch recently presented the very first slash Twitch gaming showcase ID Xbox event. And that was on the 26th of March, a couple days ago. Over 20 games were featured that are going to be coming to Game Pass. And that includes Drinkbox Studios' new game, Nobody Saves the World. Um, the total list of them, and I'll just quickly go through this. Art of the Rally... Uh, Astria Ascending, Backbone, Boyfriend Dungeon, Craftopia, Dead Static Drive, Edge of Eternity, Hello Neighbor 2, uh, you go, Hello Neighbor 2, uh, Library of uh, Runia, Little Witch in the Woods, Monglo Bay, or Moonglo Bay, sorry, Narita Boy, Nobody Saves the World, Omno, Recompile, Sable, She Dreams Elsewhere, Stalker 2, The Ascent, Undungeon, Way to the Woods, and The Wild at Heart. Stalker 2 being on there, wasn't that showing off during the Xbox? I think that was showing off during off one of their uh, yeah, events. That was, but... uh, that was like the, the announcement, tra announcement trailer. Was yeah, 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 yeah. I don't, I don't think it showed gameplay, if I recall correctly. Yeah, I just want to make sure I was thinking of the I'm right sure one. He didn't run out of bullets. That doesn't seem like Stalker to me. Yeah. It's not my experience <laughs> with Stalker. So, Danny, obviously, I'm going to be hitting you, the man of the indie hour. And, folks, if you haven't already tuned in on Thursdays, catch Danny as he explores a new indie title. And I feel, Danny, that you might be needing to get Game Pass soon with these kind of indie titles heading there. Uh, what, what do you think about so many indie titles and games kind of launching on Game Pass just one after the other? I, 20 indie games, such, uh, that's a lot. What do you think? I think it's great, man. I, I, honestly, indie games have been like my push, of course, with the indie hour, but... Even before that, it, it's it's nice to see that these small budget games are starting to get more, uh, more of a push compared to what they used to be, and yeah, we're seeing an increase whether it's on, uh, on, um, geez, I lost the uh, thing right now, the Game Pass or on the consoles of themselves. Nintendo's been a very big supporter of indie games the last uh, few years, so it's great to see that happen. Of course, they have their own. Uh, stuff as well where they showcase all the indie games that's coming uh, but the push is great like i said people need to realize that indie games uh, are just as good or even better than some of the triple a titles and i prove it 
uh, almost every week. Of course, we got some duds, but I, I try to prove it every every time I go on the air uh, with the games that I purchase. Uh, will I need to get the uh, the thing? Um, I I don't think I will. At least not now. There there's so many that I want to go through that I still haven't gone through for uh, for that. So uh, it's just great that you know players have the option of being able to play all those games mm-hmm. uh, even it, it, whether or not you're on game pass or without it uh, there's tons of great content so guys if you haven't check out some indie titles uh, you can watch some of my previous episodes of the indie hour of course after this don't 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 stop our conversation here uh but there, there's a lot of good stuff out there and uh, you know i try like i said i try to prove it so you guys just need to check out these games for yourself and the list that uh, that you were naming off jake there's there's a lot of games on there that i want to play so um there's definitely a nice, great push for indie titles, and it's well deserved. Obviously, they're trying to cushion themselves with with uh, adding in these games. Um, Wes, what do you think of these indie developers choosing to put their games over on Game Pass? I know we've talked months ago and before about the financial success that games are having behind being on Game Pass. Um, do you think that this is a big decision for these studios to do that same thing? Um, yes and no. Um, I, I imagine that they probably shop themselves around a little bit. Uh, and the, the ID at Xbox stuff has been, uh, a big initiative for, for Microsoft to try and get more indie developers, uh, not, not just like into the fold as like Microsoft developers, but just getting them the funding that they need to, mm-hmm. to realize their, their, their games right um games are not cheap to make a a lot of these teams are kind of doing it as side projects as you know they've they've kind of built up that savings and then you make that call to quit the job and go into this full time and that's Mm -hmm. a big scary thing and if you can get a, a prototype into microsoft's hands and they can come around and say hey yeah, we're we're gonna fund this, and I imagine just part of this this agreement is Microsoft will fund this project, but it goes on Game Pass day one. Like, mm-hmm. I I imagine that it's not so much a, a decision on the part of the developer, short of hey, do you want to sign this contract with with Microsoft and they'll give you some money. Um, and then I I beyond that, there's I can only imagine there's incentives for them beyond that. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean it, it's 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 probably a big decision for them to go with one platform um and normally like if if game pass didn't exist i would say it was a dicey one if these were just launching on xbox and Mm -hmm. that was it i'd say that was a very ballsy call on, on their on their behalf and they must be in a position to be like hey we do this or or you know we all go back to work kind of thing right yeah um but with game pass and and just how much pc gaming has exploded over the last two generations like it's uh it's it's a much easier call for them i i feel because you're going to reach so many players on on pc um and then i don't know what the what the stipulations are maybe they can go elsewhere afterwards maybe it's a you know a, a exclusivity thing for a year or something like that then they can put out on on switch which is another ideal indie platform uh or or on playstation you know however they they feel they want to go mm-hmm. um so yeah i mean in all honesty for them to to kind of get that funding and, and get the game done 
it's it's probably a, an easier call than we kind of think it might be. Oh, for sure. At the end of the day, you got to put food on the table, and if you've got your your bills covered by somebody who's willing to pay them, and all you need to do is provide the the, the game and the content, it makes it very right? yeah, very you very easy to worry serve. about. You don't have to worry about that where that food's coming from, right? Yeah. And at the end of the day, you can begin working about number, you know, thinking about number two, and that one maybe is not going to be in that same situation where you kind of had to give it away to to live, right? But We'll move on because I know that there's another big one here I'm going to be picking Danny's brain with, and that is Monster Hunter Rise has launched. It is the latest game in Capcom's long running series, and I can already hear Danny. I can already hear the steam coming. Ooh, Danny's getting excited because I'm excited. To, to report, there's been 4 million copies in its first weekend that have been shipped. Now, that's not sold, uh, that's, that's shipped. Um,. Which can technically mean sold too, because it's been sold to retailers. Um, but for comparison, Monster Hunter World shipped 5 million copies in three days. However, that was across both the Xbox One and PlayStation 4 platforms. This has been solely launched on the Switch, and it has accumulated 4 million in sales for the Nintendo Switch. I'm interested into trying to understand and figure out why Monster Hunter Rise was only exclusively released on the Switch and whether or not Nintendo really went through a lot of money knowing that this is going to happen. Or it's like, hey, yeah, we saw those two had 5 million in sales. But let's bring it back to where things began. Let's, let's do Monster Hunter over here again, and let's see what we can do. 4 million, that's a lot. Um, they've said that as of December 31st, they've sold 66 million of Monster Hunter games across the entire series. With these new numbers coming in, that's going to be over 70 million copies of Monster Hunter that have been sold out there. And it's going to some pretty good reviews so far. And in new way, uh, there's a second game, uh, Monster Hunter Stories 2, Wings of Ruin, is set for release on July 9th. And there's also, obviously, the, the movie. But Danny, I wanted to hit you, obviously, up on the news. What are your thoughts on Monster Hunter Rise, and why do you think that it launched on the Nintendo Switch over launching on the other consoles? All right, so yeah, a lot of you know that uh, me and Wes are both vivid uh, Monster Hunter fans, uh, and you know I, I, I'm so excited that the game came out. I'm excited that it's doing well. Uh, me and Wes have played online before together on my own uh, streaming uh, streaming channel, so uh, we both experienced it. We both had fun with it, uh, and it's great. It came out last Friday. I got my collector's edition, which was very hard because a lot of people got theirs canceled. Uh, and you know we're talking about the you know the sales and stuff on Monster Hunter uh, Rise, and uh, it could have been better. There was a lot of shortages with the game. Of course, that's you know physical media. Of course, so that I'm talking about. You guys know I love my physical product, uh, and I'm sure it would have been more due to COVID and this this stuff. Right, we're seeing shortages on certain stuff or things not coming in. I'm still waiting for my Monster Hunter Amiibos, which hopefully come in this week, uh, but. Uh, it's exclusive to Nintendo because Nintendo and Capcom with Monster Hunter have a really good relationship. I know it first my first play of Monster Hunter was on my PSP. Uh, that was the first time I've played it. Uh, and of course, there there's a lot of great games on the PlayStation side from Monster Hunter with Monster Hunter World, which I currently got into uh, before Rise. Um, I, I, I came late in, into that one, but... Um, there, like I said, there, there's a really great relationship. Nintendo has always been there to support Monster Hunter. We've got it through the the Wii, the 3DS, the Wii U, and now the Switch. 
uh, and the games are are massive hits. And uh, you know, I I've brought it up before where uh, Monster Hunter was a kind of a niche game at the beginning where a lot of people didn't know about it, weren't into it, uh, and then all of a sudden World came out and opened up that gate here in the in the north. You know, it's very popular, of course, in Japan uh, and 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 mostly and mostly in Asia, and now. The, the Monster Hunter Madness has finally hit here in North America and it's in, in Europe and it's it's a huge massive game property uh, and uh, it, it's nice because the Switch has a lot of great exclusives and you know knowing me and, uh, and my love for exclusive games to help sell uh, help help sell consoles like a tongue tied there uh, it, it's great because it gives a chance for people who haven't played a monster hunter game where we can't afford the newest you know the ps5 and they have the switch uh it's a game that they can go and pick up for themselves enjoy uh and you know the graphics are great the the story is amazing and you can do the exact same thing you can in world uh without having the advanced um you know graphic capabilities or the advanced price of owning that system or if you're lucky enough to find a system in store um but yeah, it, like having such good relationships with different companies and being able to do what Nintendo has done and what Sony does for certain certain consoles is is perfect because us as fans we're, we're getting more of the games that we love and it can only keep going from there. Nintendo has a great track record right now with especially with the Switch and how good the Switch is selling and selling like crazy. You know, through the COVID times, it's even better. But mm. uh, yeah, if you guys haven't picked up Monster Hunter Rise, please do pick it up. Play the shit out of that game because it is so, so good. I, I, I literally, that's all I've been thinking about all day. My friends had the day off today playing some freaking Monster Hunter, and I'm there at work, and, like forcing myself to, to survive my day. But yeah, you guys definitely need to, definitely need to try it. And like I said, so far, they're making lots of money. Let's keep it going. What are your thoughts, Wes? Obviously, uh, you're a big Monster Hunter fan as well. Did you end up picking up for the Switch? And what are your thoughts on, on why uh, Nintendo Mensch Blows I picked it up. I am waiting for my copy to come in. Uh, it will be here... Uh, what's today? March? Uh, <laughs> March 29th. Yeah. Uh, like two <laughs> weeks. Okay. Is you... I'm here in like two weeks. So. Stretch Redemption? Stretch redemption. Oh, I gotta, I gotta stretch now. They just want me to move. I, I see what's going on in chat. <laughs> Arcanist, that's what I do. I stare into people's souls. That's. You scare me sometimes, Wes. It's like, are you yeah. actually there moving or like? How I stay so young. This is why I love the chat. I, I always stress it on the indie hour. I love, <laughs> I love, I love to see you guys' comments. It makes me, makes me happy. Oh. Uh, anyway. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I I love Monster Hunter. They're they're fantastic games. I, I want to point out they do have two teams that work on Monster Hunter games, um, and so the Monster Hunter World team is presumably working on Monster Hunter World Two or whatever that game is called, um, and the the other team has generally worked on the the handheld uh, platform uh, or handheld platforms of the 3DS and DS and that kind of thing. Uh, so this was just their turn, uh, which is, is kind of what brings Nintendo into it, uh, given that the Switch is, for all intents and purposes, a, a 
handheld platform. Yep. Uh, they have also signed uh, an exclusivity with that. There is a PC version that's coming out next year. Um, so that'll be interesting to see how that develops and, you know, kind of what shape that sort of takes. If it's just kind of the same game or if they try to do something more with it and make it more of a Monster Hunter World 2, we'll, we'll kind of see. Um, but it's it's great to see it having that success. Like it, it's you know the like Danny said like that Monster Hunter World brought a lot of quality of life stuff. It brought that excitement and that hype to that game. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the the game is gorgeous, uh, which helped it a lot. Uh, but then they they just they modernized it and removed a lot of the I don't want to call it bloat, but just some of the hurdles, some of the confusing stuff that was like, why do I need to do this? Why do I need to do this? Mm-hmm. Um, that that had sort of it hadn't held the series back but you know certainly purists would probably look at sort of the new stuff now and say yeah they've dumbed it down too much but i think they're they're really starting to hit that sweet spot where they're you know the features they're adding in are are thought through enough to to kind of reach that that more mainstream audience um as well as keeping it you know cryptic enough to to appeal to the to the longtime fans of the series um it's great to hear that this one is a good game and has been doing very well um the demo i played was awesome it was so much fun to play uh and even just like from a technical standpoint like seeing that it, it just it just plays really well on a switch as well is is so so good to hear um so yeah i'm, I'm, I'm excited to get my hands on the game in uh, like two weeks Mm-hmm. So, obviously, Monster Hunter is having great success, and it's not available over on any of the other consoles. But it doesn't mean that we're not going to talk about them. We're going to talk about Sony now for a moment. We're going to go and discuss what is going on with them. They've closed. It looks like Sony has closed a browser version of the PlayStation Store that allowed players to buy PS3, PSP, and PlayStation Vita games. So this has stoked rumors that they're going to be closing stores for those older platforms this summer. Uh, it was first spotted by Reset Era, which is a member of uh, Rayo, as reported by Eurogamer. It's still accessible. Uh, there's a still accessible version of the PlayStation Store. Um, or sorry, it was a still accessible version of PlayStation Store. Uh, it's been pulled down without warning this weekend. And they update uh, Sony updated their main web store in October of last year that only sell PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 games. Um, there were still region-specific links to go and purchase these older games, but obviously now they have been taken down. Wes, I want to hit you on this. Obviously, there comes a term, a time rather, sorry, where you just come to terms with things, and as a company, you have to cut the fat. You got to cut the cut the extra weight. You know, and, and in this case, it could be, you know, Sony View and the PS3, PSP, and Vita as that extra weight. Do you think that closing the store is the right move? And does this question the future of digital games where stores are closing and your only access to these games sometimes is through these stores? So, there, there's, there, I, I'm of two minds of this. Like, obviously, from, like, the business side, I get it. You know, you you're probably not selling many of these games yet you're hosting the the files on server somewhere and that's costing you money uh when they do get hit it's costing you money and you're probably not selling enough to really make it worth your while the 
preservationist side of me um sees this as a re as just a sad day for for game preservation um you know there there are some bright spots to it um if you have previously purchased these titles you'll be able to re-download them uh which is at least good um if they are cross-buy titles you'll be able to continue to access them that way uh and discs and that sort of thing obviously will still exist but yeah. uh yeah i mean it it, it it's the worst side of the 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 digital thing you know like when they decide it's no longer worth their while they shut it down and you lose out um sony has been this way for a little while there there's a quote from jim ryan the uh the president of sony uh i believe he's president of sony europe um might be sony of america i can't remember um where he was he was talking about being at um a car show and they had gran turismo running um they had like the newest version but they also had the old versions and he said that he had no idea why anyone would play those old versions they looked like crap and it was like <sighs> it was such a defeating statement that you know there's no sort of getting through to to someone who sort who views that that old stuff like that you mm -hmm. know? and it completely goes at odds with the things that <clears throat> that hit for sony right like astro uh astrobot was it the 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 ps5 title mm -hmm. hit in a big way and was a lot of people's favorite game last year and it's filled with just nostalgia you know you're going through find unlocking all sorts of little models of playstation accessories like recreated in intricate detail and they look phenomenal and they're just so cool like i zoomed in on that memory card and spun it around i'm like oh yeah i remember this thing look at that little detail there you know I, sony has got such a great back catalog of things that you know it sucks to see them go away and you know some of the some of the stuff that you're that you're going to miss out on are, are you know playstation 1 classics that aren't available on playstation 4 not available on playstation 5 they were only ps3 no and now they're gone you know uh or going away i should say at least they're giving us advance notice if there's anything <laughs> on there, you can go buy it, but it's it sucks. This is this is the shit that you don't want to have happen, you know? I just wonder why there's even a need to, to shut it off. I mean, why not just keep it up? But Danny, obviously you're a big physical player and this is this is kinda why you do the physical gig, isn't it? Uh, yeah, definitely. I, I think that I honestly uh <clears throat> about chat well, it came up in chat earlier about uh about the digital stuff when we were talking about uh, the Game Pass. Yeah, I think it's bullshit. Honestly, uh, for me, uh, like Wes, I am... I'm a collector. I pres I like to preserve history, and I'm proud of my collection. Uh, I phys you know, I, I, I don't physically support digital stuff. Uh, I don't like it. And, you know, it comes up with a lot of different stuff. Yeah, you, you're getting... Uh, the stores to close down. You, you for people with the PS3, the Vita, and the and the PSP like I have. If I don't download those games right now from the free stuff that I got when I had my uh, when I had the systems, uh, I I lose everything. It's it's just worthless because you're paying money for for stuff that should be yours but it's not yours. And like Wes was saying, it can be taken off. Uh, the other thing is is like it 
a lot of stuff can be censored. It can be that's uh, that's where we're going right now. It's the censorship, the um, not being able to play these certain games from the past that is deemed not not appropriate nowadays, or you know, there is so many things that happens. That's what history is. History is about learning from the mistakes and moving forward. This is basically Sony's way of saying, uh, let's scrap everything that's happened before. You don't need to play it. Uh, just stick with us on the current side. And uh, th there's such a great feeling when you can go back and play previous games from consoles from, from the past, whether you're playing the Atari 2600 up to the PlayStation 5, Xbox, uh, Series X, that, that's the that's the new Xbox. Mm -hmm. I always get that one mixed up. Um, but you know, it, it's great to to be able to go to my shelf over there, pull out the game disc from my Sega CD, and pop it in. There's no problems. There's no air, network errors. There's there's nothing. I never have to worry about a problem, and I always know that that game is going to be there yep. unless there's you know something happens to the disc or you know flash flood, fire, earthquake, tornado, whatever flows mm -hmm. through my house. But you're paying you pay for the product and you own that product for as long as you live if you take care of that which mm -hmm. is why you'll never see me go to digital and i've said it once or i said no i said it more than once here if everything goes digital in the next couple of years that's probably where i stop gaming and i i actually mean that like i i won't i won't support a system that doesn't give you the option between the two of them mm -hmm. i i like to, i like to have the option not that, you know, people who have digital games can't continue what they want to do. Hey, it's your money. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. For me, I like I like my money. I like to know what I'm buying. And I like to know that it's going to be staying with me. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I'm a big physical supporter. I'm a big uh, uh, preservation of history. So this is, like, like Wes was saying, it's a sad day. It's bullshit, and it should never happen. I have to agree. Um I think that the loss of anything digital, I mean, you know, you know the, the whole ownership side of it, Ryan and Bottles in the, in the chat here says, I've said this so many times every time you guys talk about this on the show, if you don't buy a physical copy, you're at the mercy of the licensor who can revoke your license at any time, and it's true. It's unfortunate, but it's true. And, you know, especially in this digital world, it's, you know, you're, you are at the mercy of, of the licensor and what they choose to do with their title. And there's a, there's a funny meme I saw shared that was like, you know, people were complaining about, you know, being able to find a certain movie. And it's like, oh, this movie just got taken off of my favorite service. And person's just like, you know, look at my Blu-ray DVD collection. And it's, at the end of the day, you know, if you have the game physically, you'll never have to worry about it being taken off and losing access to it. And, you know, like your save files too. Like if you go and play a game on xbox live and you go and get up to 90 percent way through and you've got the last 10 percent to go and then they take the game off of there now they do have it on the store for you to go and buy it on the store and and still access your save files however if they don't put it on sale and you go and buy it on steam on sale for like 10 bucks and it's normally 50 60 on the, the game uh the game store you're losing out on that now obviously the same thing as if you're going to be buying a switch copy or if you're buying a a PC copy and likewise, but I, I find that to be a little bit different than you know uh, this case here. But either, either way, and like and like digital is tricky, right? Like yeah, there's all sorts of various ways this can go. Like uh, I, I think that sort of the first ones that sort of opened my eyes to it was um, 
Virtual Console for the the original Wii when uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles the original one came out there and it uh, normally uh, NES games were 500 Wii points that one was 600 Wii points and that was because uh, that original game was made by Konami who had the license to make Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle video games at the time yeah. but when the Wii uh, Virtual Console came out uh, version came out. It was Ubisoft who had that. You know, we saw this with uh, Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3 on, on the Xbox 360 when Midway shut down. They were selling Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3 on there. That game disappeared for a while because who's the money supposed to go to when the company doesn't exist? Uh, like System Shock was a similar thing that could have shown up on Steam years ago, but mm -hmm. no one knew who held the rights to the game. Yeah. It turned out it was some insurance company that that had acquired some other company and had the rights to a system shock game and then someone had to buy it off of them and things like that. Like yeah. that, that stuff gets weird. It does. But yeah. it's not insurmountable, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And it's, yeah, from the preservationist side, like this, this stuff just kills me because I'm like, it's sad. I, I, I you know, there's organizations out there. Um, game has, uh, was it game history foundation. Oh, that's gonna that sucks that I can't remember it off the top of my head. I, I will find it and I'll tweet it out later. Um they do a lot of preservationist work in terms of like getting these files and making sure that they're archived, uh, so that you know, people can play these games. There's mm -hmm. there's a lot there to study, not just from a technical side, but from a gameplay and design standpoint that you know, it's important to preserve this for like historical reasons, you know. Like, Absolutely. We have an industry, like we should be able to look back and, and see these progressions, see the things that worked, see the things that didn't, mm -hmm. you know, what endured, what didn't, and why, you know, like the, these things are important. Um, I did find the Jim Ryan quote. Um, so uh, let me just pull it up here. Um, so it was Sony's head of global sales and marketing said, uh, I was at a Gran Turismo event recently where they had PS1, PS2, PS3, and PS4 games, and the PS1 and the PS2 games, they looked ancient. Like, why would anybody play this? Yeah. Hey, that, that, that is the thing with them. I mean, I'm, I'm a big graphical person. I won't lie. I, I've struggled to go back and play some of the retro titles because of that. But uh, I feel that... I feel that what maybe Microsoft is doing with their enhancement of older games, and if that can become a thing more regularly done where the older games are kind of given that makeup, that, that might be the way to, to kind of keep the longevity of them going forward and have more reason for people to keep them around. Because obviously there's a reason why Sony did it. Sony just didn't do it because they looked at the sales charts and were like, it's bonkers. Like, these things are going off the chart. Wow, we can't. Like, we're having such success. Let's shut it down. Right? So, but... Either way, there's one other thing I want to talk to you guys tonight before we head out here, and I want to get to both your opinions on this real quick. Outriders is is permanently branding cheaters, and what they're going to be doing is branding the HUD display. So the, the, the game HUD display will have a little mark at the bottom, a watermark that brands the person as a cheater. So if there's any content that is made out there on the internet by these people, it'll have that marker on it, which I think is genius. But other things that they've done uh, to make it so that these cheaters, and there were 200 of them found during the beta, which is 0.01% of the player population. So thankfully, cheating's not as wide scale as we think it is. However, obviously, when the cheaters do come around, 
they hit hard, like one player who had over 600 legendary items gifted to themselves. So what are these players going to be suffering from? Well, you're not going to be able to match make with legit players. So I guess that puts you playing with 0.01% of the population. <laughs> Have fun. Uh, matchmaking will likely take significantly longer. Shocker. If you're only playing with 0.01% of the population, yeah, you're, you're probably not getting into a whole lot of games. You got to hope those people are on. Uh, you'll still be able to play solo, thank goodness, because you're going to need to. And in future, your HUD will have a discrete but visible watermark placed on it so the gameplay footage created on this account can be readily identified as coming from a flagged account. They're going to be checked on April 1st for historic cheating, which I find is, I, I, I don't know what to make of that. Uh, and then at regular intervals following that date, if you did cheat during the demo and you want to make sure that you're starting the game off fresh, you got to go and make sure you delete all your characters, all your items, delete everything that you can on your account and go into the game fresh like all the other people are doing and playing and don't cheat. But yeah, I, I want to hit US because obviously as a developer, cheating is an issue that you guys try and squash and there's there's no real easy way to say like how do you defeat cheaters how do you stop cheating because i don't think you can but these are some interesting ways to to do it and i just want to get your thoughts on, on what you think people can fly is done here uh so I'm, I'm gonna do a quick aside just for a second mambolica in the chat oh. uh was kind enough to uh Get the link is gamehistory.org and the game preservation society were the the two that i was thinking of yes thank uh, you definitely check them out uh they do a lot of really great work okay um as as far as this i i thought that was hilarious when they said that they were going to put a a watermark uh on on people's screens so that if they post stuff on youtube and twitter and that kind of thing it'll be clearly someone that that has yeah. has cheated that's done it i thought that was just incredible so smart um you know i i i like these sorts of things to to do stuff to cheaters rather than just like you know like do something where they they, they can never play the game again or, or some yeah some silly slap on the wrist or something like that you know some of my favorite ones uh was uh what was it uh i think it was batman arkham asylum had one where if you had pirated the game there's a, a point in the game where you're uh you're meant to sort of do this glide over a poisonous gas and that kind of thing but if you have a pirated copy of the game the uh glide didn't work uh so yeah. you would just constantly fall into the poisonous gas um <laughs> And it's always great to see people posting on developer forums saying like, hey, this is always happening to me. This There's a weird bug in your game. And they'd say, yeah, that's because you've got a pirated copy of the game. You should probably go and buy it instead. <laughs> yeah. Um, I always thought that was that was fantastic. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I have no problem with, with kind of going out and getting cheaters. And I, I, I really appreciated that they, in addition to that, said, hey, like, it's a small percentage of people. We don't in anticipate this percentage to be much higher than this uh, overall. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, take it seriously because this stuff affects the enjoyment of your game. It does. Um, you know, everyone around will decide to go elsewhere if, you know, you just get overrun with cheaters. Yep. Um, and it's, it's hard. Like, it's, it's not an easy thing to do. Um, but I definitely like the idea of, yeah, scoop them all up together and, and let them 
play against each other. Who yeah. cares? Yeah, I, I, pirates and cheaters. I kind of find that in the same cate- you know category. I mean, if you know, if you're if you're pirating a game, then you're not paying the developers, and you know, if you're not like you know, I wouldn't view Game Pass as pirating because obviously there's something set up there. Like it's it's a legal it's a legal way to play the game. Right. Yeah, I'm not directly paying EA to play Star Wars Squadrons. Like here, EA, here's you know, at least in my mind, I don't, I don't know what deal they've got with Microsoft. They they got something signed up. They're making money. That's that. But yeah, like outright pirating a game, I find I find that they're right with cheaters, and I think that developers have to safeguard themselves from that. So so it's it, it's good to hear that you know they what they did in Batman and even even here where it's you know just just pirating pirates and obviously Danny. You're a huge proponent of physical, so there's no way that you'd ever pirate games. Um, what do you think about this? Do you think that there's anything more that should be done? Um, literally, yes. Uh, piracy is a huge, huge thing, and it has been for the last uh, couple of years because of the the digital age. But uh, yeah, I think that you know the, the stuff should be a little stricter. Uh, which I'm sure we'll start and we'll start seeing, but you know, like Wes was saying with the uh, with the Batman Arkham series uh, and having problems with it, but that's that's great. That's a that's a great way of of shoving it into the people who who are getting these games for free, um, and you know, thinking that it's it's great. What people don't understand, and you know, you brought up with Game Pass, uh, that's a that's a legal way of playing games. You're still playing to play to, to play those games. You don't own them, but you're still being able to play them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very different thing compared to piracy, which is it, it, piracy is what's killing the. Uh, it's killing movie studios. It's killing game studios. Mm-hmm. It's killing music studios because people. Yeah, you, you know, we don't have an infinite amount of money. Sure, uh, but doing the option of. You know, oh, it's just a movie, or it's just a game. It's just one whatever. That one game equals a big portion of these companies. And you know, if people keep doing this and keep hiring games, pretty soon you won't have any games to play because companies won't be making them. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's it's a big thing. And yeah, I think that they should get a lot more uh, serious with it. Start start banning some people, maybe. You know, if they don't, if they want to, you know, support or purchase the games, then maybe they shouldn't be playing it. That's that's a big, uh, that's a big thing. That's you know, that's uh, it's a big slap in the wrist. But hey, you're you're killing it. Um, you're killing media that a lot of people, especially now, uh, love. Gaming has taken a huge, huge step into the marketplace uh, compared to when I was younger. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's it's great to see that people are starting to get more severe stuff happen to them. I really like that HUD idea. I really like the idea of making them all be able to play with each other and things like that. I mean, like, I wish there was an option where you could like nuke their game. <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly. like something happens where, you know, that, that line of code gets read and then it just fucks everything up. It just goes, you know what? Now we're just going to auto scramble all this coding. Like you won't yeah. be able to fix this. And it's like you know, I don't know, I don't. Know. I, w- I wish something could be done. I know it's, I know it's small, and it's. 
I, I remember the chat that uh, Josh yeah, said when I was too. younger, my uncle used to pirate games for my Wii, and I had a digital library of hundreds and hundreds of games. I thought it was awesome at the time, but we're being older, and I understand it definitely wasn't right. We all pirated games and music. Yeah, I mean, we've all done it. Yeah. We, we have all pirated music and, and, and games, and it, 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 there, is a, there is a comment on our terms, so it's, it's, good, it's good to see that. Yeah, and, and I think and all of us... Steam developers do a really good job of reaching out to those communities as well. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think that there, there's a there's a bit of a give and take there um where we've seen uh people who have cracked open systems and that sort of thing getting hired by those companies to say like okay well help us fix our security like make this stuff a little bit more secure and you know do it in a way that isn't prohibitive to people who are just buying the game like yeah. there, there's a lot of anti-cheat anti-pirate stuff out there that just makes it harder for people who have just bought the game who who yeah. have given you money to buy the game and then you make them jump through hoops to to play it and it's mm -hmm. you know there's there's a bit of a two-way street there i i think that that you know not trying to be so combative can can go a long way mm -hmm. yeah i think I, I was gonna bring up a point see this is why i think free-to-play games are are on rise is that you know you you can download a copy of Fortnite. You don't have to pay anything if you don't want to. You don't mm -hmm. have to get the cosmetic updates and stuff. Uh, so that's, to me, I find that those free-to-play games are a way of fighting piracy uh, because it's free. You don't, you don't need to do anything. You don't need to pirate that game because, hell, anybody who owns a phone, a Switch, a PlayStation, whatever, can download those games and play it. So, you know, that's, to me, like I said, I find that to be... Uh, a component of stopping piracy yeah just like making it easy making it affordable goes a long way like that was the big that was the big thing with netflix of why netflix took off and people started canceling cable subscriptions was because it was cheap it was mm -hmm. easy and there was stuff there for them yeah um now we see it like and 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 piracy started going down of television shows and and movies when netflix came along and yep. now that you see all the splintering where you've got netflix and and uh disney plus and amazon prime video and and all these other uh startups coming up that are like t you know taking their portions of all the content and all the media you see uh piracy going back up again because it's easier for me to just go and download a thing than it is for me to subscribe to eight or nine different services because they each have one or two shows that they I want to watch yeah. that I can only watch there. You know, there there's a, an ease of use. If you treat every customer like a criminal, they're just going to go and get it for free anyway. And Mambalika just brought up in chat two good things. Uh, I think what piracy has done is force companies of all stripes to change their model. And then, of course, the model has changed again with splintering, what Wes is saying, right? Yeah, so it's... It, I, Obviously, you have the cycle of the consumer on the one end feeling, you know, n that they're not getting the best bang for their bucks. They're, they're you know, they'll go elsewhere. It's like, hey, you know what? I, I, I feel, I feel like I'm being overcharged. I feel like I'm, you know, uh, not I'm not getting my money's worth. Yeah, and especially with cable. I mean, cable, cable, it was getting expensive there. I mean, I was paying like ninety, hundred dollars a month for fucking what? Yeah, there's there's literally nothing on there anymore. <laughs> literally nothing. Trouble. We would have conversations here where where uh, my wife would say like, 
oh, you know, I think I want to get cable because, you know, I, I, there's this show and I can't watch it on streaming and that kind of thing. And, mm-hmm. and then she'd go to, to her mother's and she'd watch it there. And then she'd come home and say, it's, there's so many commercials and I, like, I don't have to watch commercials anymore. Like, I like that. Yeah. So yeah, no, I, I, we don't need cable. It's fine. No, done with cable. And uh, it'll be interesting to see where things land. I think that obviously piracy is something that, you know, that we, most people want to try and get rid of. It's about finding that solution. It's free to play the way to go. Danny, you made you had some really good points there. Obviously with free to play as a, as a developer, you have to never worry about piracy really again, other than if they're somehow able to get your, your store items onto their accounts, which I'm not sure how that would happen. But um, Brian and Bottles brings up, if you need so many different streaming subscriptions that all the fees add up to a cable bill, you're back to square one. And you're exactly right, Brian. I mean, there's a lot of comparison charts right now that are, that are seriously just showing, look, you know, we just traded in the last 10 years. We went from having one cable bill to 10 subscriptions that now make up that one cable bill so and then you've got on top of that you've got things like uh like cyberpunk right launched in yeah. a state that one w- might consider not worth the money that you paid for it yeah so people will go and they'll they'll pirate it in with the idea of like okay since a lot of games launch broken i'm gonna go pirate this game <laughs> check it out and if it's good and stable and you know that sort of thing then yeah okay i'll go and buy it you know, uh, yeah. it, it, it that one I I I have trouble with that one, but I can I can understand the logic. I can understand why someone would would feel that way. You know, it's it's a it's an understandable thing. Um, I mean, especially somebody uh, that I struggle with it, but yeah, I can't I can't argue with why someone would do it. I mean, the only reason I could even think of is somebody that went paid full price, pre-ordered long time ago for this game. It came out. They put in their PS4. They had all the glitches that were said to be happening. And it's like you know what. Or, you know, they bought it for even PC. And I know PC had, had a much more tactful launch, but um, and, and not for... Symbolica says, like, some people, some people are just going to always go for that free model. Yeah. You're not going to get, like, every pirated version of anything is not immediately a lost sale. No. There's stuff that, that, uh, that people are just not going to look at and say, that's something I want to give money to. And, and that's it. Yeah. You know? If they couldn't pirate it, they just wouldn't play it. Yeah. Well, folks, that does end us off here at Play to Player. Obviously, we've gone over our time limit once again. It was. It was that like never, you know what happens. It was ten o'clock. It was slightly longer, and I was like, "All right, slow." <laughs> yeah, it, it was ten o'clock. It was like nine fifty-eight when I brought up the uh, the outriders there and the piracy. So we talked a good eighteen minutes about the piracy there. So yeah, that Reddit post is really good from from them. It was it was very cool to see the amount of information they put into that thing. Yeah, yeah. You were sorry you missed it too, Trouble. Thank you so much for stopping by. Thank you to everybody for stopping by. This has been another episode of Player to Player. If you missed any of us previously, you can catch us over on your favorite podcast sources. You can also catch all of our previous episodes over on YouTube and the most recent episodes on our Twitch pod. Danny, Wes, as always, gents, it is a pleasure to chat with you both. Always fun. Thanks for watching, guys. Yeah, thanks, guys. It's been a lot of fun. We'll be back next Monday with more discussion on the gaming news of the week that you don't want to miss out on, so make sure you tune in next Monday, and until then, folks, you all have yourselves a great night.